Hey, everybody. There you go. It's good to see you from Hayward campus to the Fremont campus. So if you have your sermon notes in your program, you might want to go ahead and get that out. We're going to talk today about leaving a legacy. I have come from a family where my father raised me in such a way that I knew Christ at a young age. I caught my dad many times praying for me and my brother. I'd walk in the room with my dad on his knees. And that's the kind of family I grew up. And it wasn't until I was married and, and, you know, in the military that I realized that not every family, not every child has a dad like I had. And it's just been a blessing and then in turn how God has used me to uh, pour into our grandchildren, our children as well. And it's a wonderful privilege to speak on le- leaving a legacy. My wife and I, in May, we will celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary this coming May. So yeah, you can clap for that. 40 years. And if you know my wife, she doesn't look like she's even 40 years old, much less. I mean, it was the best fifth grade event in the world, okay, when we got married for elementary school. But 40 years is wonderful. We have two wonderful daughters, uh, 37 and 34 years old. And we have five grandchildren on top of that. And it's just amazing. You know, my daughters, uh, I prayed for them. And that's part of the legacy when they were in my wife's womb. I would lay my hands on my wife's belly and literally speak to my children. I'll talk a little bit about that later. And God just led me to see things, and God led me to hear things, and to speak into their life, even when they were little, even when they were growing up, and to understand that God had a purpose and God had a plan for them. But I was a major part of that as their father. It wasn't just them discovering that. It was me helping them discover it as my father helped me to discover it. And now hopefully today, we together can help discover and who God has made you. And if you have children and grandchildren or family or anyone, you're going to have an opportunity to hear and how it is that you leave a legacy on this earth for Christ. And so I started praying for my daughter's husbands when they were small. I started praying like God would give them godly men. And then as a pastor, as I got out of the military into the ministry, as a pastor, I began to work and mentor and bring young men into leadership. And I began to use that opportunity to ask God, okay, which of these young men could be a great husband for my daughter? So I began to ask that question with a lot of sincerity. So I'm standing here today, not a lot of time to tell you, but to tell you that I had an opportunity to become friends and lead disciple. You know what that word means? To disciple and mentor my son-in-laws before they became my son-in-laws. They were leaders in our church, in our young adult ministry. And I spent years with these guys becoming their friends before they became my sons. And so then I introduced them and kind of hooked them up with my daughters in such a way that they couldn't turn me down. So they became that, and they just are wonderful. So both my daughters are married to pastors, and my oldest daughter is not only married to a pastor, but they've been on the mission field in China for quite a number of years. My four grandchildren from my oldest daughter pretty much have been raised in China. So I want to show you a picture of my grandkids because I'm a little biased of them. This is Luke, my youngest who is now four, and he was tired. We were Christmas tree shopping, and he just does what he does best, pop, carry me. Now, you can't turn that face down. And so my daughter is really a healthy, conscious person. She's in the medical field and all that good stuff. And she used to tell me, hey, don't give them sugar. But what does granddads do but introduce them to chocolate ice cream? (laughs) That's what we get the privilege to do. So he had his first chocolate ice cream cone with pop. 
and I, I'm proud of that picture, and I show it to my daughter occasionally when I need to get leverage. So here's my other four grandchildren. They live in South Carolina right now, but they're on their way back to China, and that picture was taken in China. So I have grandchildren from four years old. The oldest one, Bryson, up there is 15, and I'll talk a little bit more about them. But you know what? Here's the deal. I don't want to just leave these guys, and I don't want them to just remember me because of the great Christmas presents and birthday presents that Pop gave them. Matter of fact, there have been many times that, and there's a whole story behind how we actually give presents at Christmas, and I don't have time to talk about that legacy, but we only give them three, because that's all Jesus gave. So we have a, we have a legacy behind all that, and I, but I don't want them to remember, I don't, hey, Pop gave me this. No, I, I want them to remember something deeper that I gave them inside of their soul, that I, that I was a part of the purpose of their life. As I have been my daughters and as am with my son-in-laws. And I work really close with my son-in-laws. And I don't even call them son-in-laws, but for this purpose, my sons. Because they are my sons. And, man, we work real close together in ministry. We're always in communication together. But I don't want them to remember me for the stuff. Are you with me? But for what heritage that we could put into their lives to live beyond the stuff. Peter says it like this. If you go to your notes in Second Peter first chapter, he says, Therefore... I will always remind you about these things. And that's my, that is my, if I can say the word job, that is my calling as a, as a dad, as a grandfather, as a leader to my family. I will always remind you about these things. Always. Every occasion. Every time we get together, we're going to pray first. We're going to seek God first. That's what we do in our family. Even though you already know them, you're standing firm in the truth that you've been taught. It's only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. How many of you know that that's soon for some of us? <laughs> and, and none of us are promised tomorrow, I'll tell you that in a little bit. Verse 15 concludes with, so I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I'm gone. Why? Why is that? That's kind of become my mantra verse to my family right there. Everybody in my family knows that's the verse that I share with them constantly. I'm going to always remind you. I'm going to always talk about Jesus. I'm always going to talk about what is it that you're doing for Christ. Even when my daughters were in school trying to figure out where they were going to go to college, it was never about what are you going to do to get a good job is how are you going to serve Jesus. Even if you didn't want to go to college, and I know some of you are going to go, oh, why are you saying that? Because I want God's ordeal and God's ordained purpose and steps in their life before I want them to follow my purpose in their life. Are you with me? And if God calls him to places that I just didn't see, then I'm all okay with that. And so I, I want to make sure that they know, I want to make sure that you know today that God has put you here. God has put me here. Today in Hayward, we, we had uh, two, uh, four, four children dedicated today. What a legacy that's going to be. And four children, it's only the second time at the Hayward campus that we had child dedication and I was speaking to these children and to their families, and as I speak to you today, God has put something inside of you that no one else has. No one was created like you. You are unique. You've been given gifts that no one else has, a purpose that no one else has. Your grandchildren, your children have been given this gift. In other words, you are placed on this earth. We are placed on this earth to make a difference. We are not put here just to pay the bills. Isn't that a great thing? We are put here to make a difference on earth. But I have to be intentional about that. 
You have to be intentional about that. That just doesn't happen because you're here. There has to be some intentionality about it. Because when we're left alone, when I'm left alone, I gravitate. We gravitate to selfishness. We gravitate to the things that we want to do, not what the things that live beyond us, but what we have an agenda for. And sometimes God wants to put that agenda aside. But we have to say what's good for them, not what's good for me. That's how you live a life of legacy. But it's real tough because we live in a world, we live in a culture of the immediate. We live in a culture today that's getting even more deeper into the buy now, pay later mentality. And so it's all about immediate gratification. It's very difficult for us to look past next week. It's very difficult for us to look past next month, even into next year. You start thinking, don't talk about next year. I mean, we'll start talking about Christmas. And there's certain people around us that goes, no, 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 don't talk about Christmas yet. We're not there yet. Why? Because we don't like to live ahead. We want to be in the immediate. We have insta everything, instant gratification, Instagram, insta you name it. It's all instant. We live in that world. But let's, let's, I want you to write this down. What we do for ourselves is in your notes. Usually dies with us. What we do for others lives beyond us. What we do for ourselves usually dies with us. What we do for others lives beyond us. So with that, before I get into the values of how I believe that God gave my wife and I to leave this legacy for our children and for our grandchildren to serve the Lord the way they are and for this church, I want to celebrate just a little bit. I left a line that's blank on your page. I just want to give you a little bit of information. It's not going to come up on the screen. So you just, I think it's just important that we write this down to celebrate first what God is doing, what God has done. This church is a legacy. Do you believe that? This church, you, this family that you're sitting in is a legacy. 22 years. I have not been a part of it, but for the last 18 months as we came to do what we're doing in Hayward and beyond. But I believe that this church, and I want to show you how this church has left a legacy in the last 22 years. In 22 years, there have been 2,000, over 2,000 people give their lives to Jesus for the very first time. Signed a card. I mean, put an address and a phone number down, not just rededicated, but for the very first time said yes to Jesus, over 2,000 people. We'll add to this next number this weekend, even today, we did, we had the first baptisms in the Hayward campus today. We baptized two people today at Ben Hayward, and it's worth celebrating, so we'll add. But over, in the last 22 years, over 800 people has been dipped into the water of redemption and come up and said, hey, I've made Jesus and I've declared that he is the Lord of my life from this point on. It's my public declaration. Over 800 people and we get to add to that number today. Millions of dollars have been spent in the last 22 years on missions to make a difference in the foreign, in the, in, in the, in the national, and in the local community to make a difference. You heard that today. We're having that opportunity again in our local community. You can give gift cards and you can give drugstore cards and gas cards to those that are in need up in the Santa Rosa city and the Napa counties and the various people that have been devastated beyond what we can even think of up just a little bit north of us. So you can make a difference in that. Listen, over the last 22 years, Crossroads Church has contributed to planting 10 different churches throughout the Bay Area. 
I'm not talking about this year we had a campus started with Crossroads name on it. But I'm talking about 10 different autonomous churches that do not have Crossroads name on it, but has Crossroads within it to live beyond where we are. 10 different churches. 10 different churches. So I think with all of that, some of you started. I kind of shut you down because I kept talking. We just need to give God a hand clap for celebrating. So come on. You can do good with that. You can do better. Amen. So why am I giving you these numbers? I, I want you to know right off the bat, I want you to know right up front that these numbers are, yes, they're celebration numbers, and, and I want you to be able to stop and occasionally celebrate what God has done and what God is doing, but I also want you to know that none of us are as good as all of us. Can I say that again? None of us are as good as all of us. It takes all of us. It takes all of us to contribute. It's going to take all of us to contribute to those people that are in need in the northern counties. It's going to take all of us. So I want to remind you with that, all of us, very mission of this church. I want us to ever forget why we're here. We're not here just to sit on Sundays and listen. We're here to lead seekers, to love Christ, to love others, and fill it in on your notes. Live life on, say it with me, come on, purpose. Oh, you can do better than that. Live life on purpose. That's what we are all about. That's the very mission of this church. That's the mission of all of us together, coming together, going out together, living beyond ourselves, that we will lead people to love Jesus, to love each other, to live life on purpose. So with that mission, I have to ask you a question. Do you know your purpose? I said it earlier today. Our purpose, thank the Lord, is not here just to pay bills. I know sometimes that you get wrapped up into that and you think that's the only reason I'm here is to pay bills so that I can exist. No, that's not what God has breathed into you. You have a purpose, but do you know that purpose? Do you know why you were placed on this earth? Do you know your unique giftings and callings? And then are you operating in that? You know, we have a growth track that classes that have and happen every single week. And next weekend, next Sunday, 1130, you can get into the growth track. That's the third Sunday entitled Discovering Your Purpose. You can take that class right here, 1130, next week, and, and find out a little bit more about what is it that God has placed in you. How do I discover what God's placed in me? And now, how do I walk that out individually, the, the purpose that God has given me? And you can do that next week. It's at both campuses, at the Hayward campus, it's at 9 o'clock a.m. to discover your purpose. So let's, let's get into the, into the nuts and bolts. Let's get into the how does this happen. We've looked at the overall. We've looked at the purpose. We've looked at some things in, in our lives. Uh, now let's get to how does legacy happen. How do you live a life of legacy? What does it take to do that? Because here's the deal, and you can write this down. Your life will be remembered for something. And we usually switch into the negative when we hear that. Your life will be remembered for something. Well, it'll be remembered for being stubborn. It'll be remembered for being argumentative. We always slip into the negative of that, don't we? It'll be remembered for not doing what I should do. No, but your life will be remembered for something. So today, we have the option of discovering the nuts and bolts of how our life can live beyond us to make a difference, to leave a life of legacy not just for those that are sitting next to you, but those that are living around you and those that you touch in your work and in your neighborhood and throughout this community and beyond. So I want to give you four values of how this happens. Number one, if you're writing notes, and I hope you are, 
I say it in Hayward all the time. People go to heaven if they take notes. So here you go. Take notes. We, uh, we're note takers, man, up at the Hayward campus. So take notes. You retain more when you write it down. It gets to, into your system a little bit more when you write it down. So number one, it happens through faith. You know, listen, I'm not just talking about the faith that you have to believe something. No, I'm talking about the deepest root of faith we can get our hands on. This is not in your notes, but somewhere on the side on that point, I want you to write just a reference, Hebrews 11.1. In your life groups this week, you can talk about that. You can just churn it up a little bit, because here's what Hebrews 11.1 says. It says, faith is the substance of things that we hope for. Some of you want to know, what is faith? Because if we're going to do this through faith, if it happens, if leaving a life of legacy happens through faith, and it's not just what I believe, what is it? It's the substance of things that we hope for. Hope for. I don't like it the way it is, so I'm hoping for something to be different. And some of you are sitting there right now in that attitude. I don't like the way it is. I need to get going now. I don't like this life. I don't like where I'm at. I'm just existing. I just had that thought that all I'm here to do is pay bills. What is my purpose? I hope that I can discover something to walk out a little bit more transformed, not just more informed, but transformed today. So I'm hoping, God, that you're going to do this. See, if you're going to live a life of legacy, write this down, you have to see it, not just believe it. You got to see it. Guys, I'm just telling you, this changed my life. It's changed my life. When my, my, my oldest child turned 10 years old, I, it was like, what? I've, got, I've had this little girl for half of what I'm going to have her in my home. And I recognized then that I didn't see enough. I, I, I put my hands on my wife's belly when she was pregnant, and I would speak to my children. Even before they were born, in the womb, I, I would see things. But, man, sometimes life grips you and life happens. And before you know it, ten years have gone by. Ten years. And all of a sudden, that day, that birthday party, that night when I put her to bed, I remembered saying, I've got to be more intentional about seeing for my children. I have to see what my children are going to be before I can actually pour it into them. You have to see that. I have to see for my grandchildren. As a grandfather, I see my grandchildren falling deeper in love with Jesus. I see it. And so I walk into that perspective and I walk in that attitude. And it's the first thing. It's why that verse that we read earlier out of Peter comes into my mind and comes into my heart. And my kids and grandkids know that verse. For as long as I live, I will remind you of these truths. Because I see it. I see you walking in. I see the reason I joined this this. This mission and, and took that campus in Hayward is because, guys, I see the Bay Area that's more resistant to Christ than any other area in the United States. But I see the Bay Area. I see Hayward coming to Jesus. Can you see it? You have to see it. It's, this became very famous, and you, you're very familiar with the person who said this in the 1960s, and we still live it because he so passionately spoke the words of legacy. Martin Luther King, when he stood on that mall, and he said these words, you can repeat them, I have a dream. It's the same thing. He saw something that no one else could see in the midst of all the turmoil and all the division that we live in, even today, it seems like it's almost come back to us. Can you see beyond it? I love that, that speech. I have a dream because he could see his children playing with other children that were of different race together at the same time. He could see it, and nobody else could see that. What do you see? What do you see? Again, write this reference down. It's not on the screen, not in your notes. John chapter 4, verse 35. 
This is a familiar passage of Scripture to you. I believe you'll remember it. Jesus said these words, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Have you ever heard that before? Open your eyes. Jesus is telling us, if you want to live life of legacy, you have to open your eyes beyond where you are. And you have to see that it's ripe for harvest and you have to do something about it. The Apostle Paul said it like this in your notes in Ephesians 2, 19. God is building a home. That's why even on the sides of, these, of this building, before you walk in, on our screens, it says the very first words, welcome home. Welcome home. God is building a home. It says he's using us all. Irrespective of how we got here and what he is building, he used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus is the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. Come on, say out loud the next three words. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. Do you see it? Because we're all building something. What are you building? Are you just building something for you? Or are you building something that is greater than you? In your life, in your children's life, in your grandchildren. Are you, do you see it? So number two, second way this happens. This may be the toughest. It happens through sacrifice. It happens through sacrifice. This was my toughest because, man, it is hard. Can I just be real up front with you? It is hard for me to lay down my agenda. It is hard for me to lay down personal convenience. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> It is tough for me to not watch college football on Saturday to do something with my kids. That's personal convenience to lay it down and to be a father rather than just watch TV all day long. Because I like that. That does something. It relaxes me. But sometimes my kids need me more than I need that. Are you with me, church? Your kids need you. We have to lay down personal convenience and agendas to do something that's going to last. To do anything significant, you have to lay something down. To do anything significant, you have to lay something down. That's why this doesn't come natural. That's why it's called sacrifice. If it was easy, we'd all be doing it. So we have to write it down, choose this. We have to choose it. It's not going to just come and happen to you. Living a life beyond you is not going to just happen. You have to choose this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house by a holy priesthood. How? By offering spiritual sacrifices. And that's not easy. That's acceptable and holy to God. Because as I said, if that was easy, everybody would do it. <laughs> that's choice. That's intentionality. I have to continually, not just day by day, come on, but moment by moment, choose to lay aside my personal agenda, my convenience, for the, what's best for other people. All the time, every day, every moment. I brought out this red bag. Um, my, my wife, Tina, if you've gotten to know her, I, I, I'm saying this because I need brownie points with my wife all the time. Because she's a saint. And I, living with me, she married way down and I married way up. Um, but for 40 years, so when we started having grandchildren, at, at, at my oldest grandson, Bryson, who's now 15, when he turned five, my wife started doing something that I just could not believe, and she's doing this now 
when, when each of these grandchildren turn five years old, she begins this process. I'll show you what it is. And so with little Luke, she, this is his fifth year. December 28th is his fifth birthday, so he's going to get his, and she'll start with this. This is sacrifice in this bag. This is like an hour or two a day that I've watched my wife over the last 10 years now sacrifice. And what she did was she went out and she bought a Bible for each of those kids. And I, 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 I grabbed them and told her I was going to be talking about this. And so this is Bryson's and this is Landon's and this is Gavin's and this is Ava, our only granddaughter. <laughs> I don't think the guys would want that one. And, and, and Luke will get his this year. But she spends an hour or two each day in each Bible. And she's got it inscribed at the very front to Bryson by Nana. We're called Pop and Nana. Each page has been read by Nana for you specifically. And not just each page, but I can go in here and show you where she's written personal notes. As she reads, she writes personal notes to each grandchild from Nana. So when they turn 18, Bryson has three more years. When he turns 18 years old, she's got pictures attached in here that's made special things. He's going to get a Bible from her grandmother that's been read specifically. Man, it makes me cry. I said this last night and I cried. (laughs) Specifically for him by his grandmother at 18 years old, read and inscribed personally to him. That's sacrifice. That's leaving a legacy, my friends. That's a saint, and I'm married to her. How do I live up to that? Help me. (laughs) That's what it takes. And I say that, I was almost hesitant to do it, because I don't want you to feel like you've got to go do the same. But listen, you've got to sacrifice. It takes choice with something that you choose to do to live beyond you. You don't have to get a Bible for everybody, but you've got to sacrifice your personal convenience, your personal agenda for other people. To live beyond. Maybe you don't have grandchildren. Maybe you never will. Maybe God just hasn't given that to you and where you are. But right now, we have an opportunity as a church. You have an opportunity as an individual, as Pastor said today, to give a gift card to people you'll never meet and to sacrifice 5, 10, 15, 20 bucks so that people in the North counties can have a life that we're just taking for granted right now. I don't even know what it would be like. Maybe you have to lose everything. And some people have not just lost everything. They've lost loved ones and don't even have a place to go to work. They've lost that. And you can sacrifice and choose to go beyond that. Isn't that what the story of the Good Samaritan is all about? Have you heard that story? Even if you're not a Christ follower, even if you're not a church goer, you've never been in church, you can say the word Good Samaritan out in the public and people will know what you're talking about. Why? Because it was a person choosing To sacrifice for another person of another ethnicity, of another race even, to get help, sacrifice, and give. Why don't we do that? I believe because we asked the question that the first two people that walked on the other side of the road of that story asked. If I do this, what's going to happen to me? If I do this, what's going to happen to my stuff? I don't have enough. What's going to happen to me? Instead, I think we need to flip it and ask the question that I believe that the Good Samaritan asked. If I don't do this, what's going to happen to him? If I don't do this, what's going to happen to her? We have to flip that a little bit. And yet here we are 2,000 years later remembering that story because they chose to drop his agenda and sacrifice. Number three, so number one, it happens through 
faith. Number two, it happens through sacrifice. Number three, it happens through, and this carries right into what we were just talking about, generosity. Generosity. We have to give it, friends. We have to give it beyond ourselves. We have to give it. Psalm 112 and verse 9 says that they share freely. They give generously to those in need. Their good deeds, I want you to underline and circle those three words. Their good deeds, because this is not just about the money that you can give. It's about your life you can give. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. This is about making a difference in people's lives. This is about stepping up and serving people. This is not just about opening your wallet. This is about opening your heart. This is about serving and smiling and not knowing when someone comes in, even into this building, even into this facility, even into the Hayward facility, and you don't have any idea what their life was like for the last seven days. And just a smile, just a hug, just a greeting made all the difference in the world. Oh, I've heard many stories in 30 plus years of ministry where that one smile, that one touch actually and literally saved someone's life. Because if it weren't for that, that day they were going to go home and commit suicide. And that smile, that touch, that act of generosity, not opening a wallet, but opening a heart, saved someone's life. Your good deeds will be, according to scripture, remembered forever. Not necessarily your name. But your good deeds, there's a big difference, my friends. Big difference will be remembered forever. So many people right here in this building, the Hayward campus today, we heard the testimonies of those two that were baptized. It saved their life. They don't even know half the people that they've come in contact. Saved their lives. Saved their families. Those two ladies that were baptized today at the Hayward campus dedicated their children to the Lord at the same time. Saved their lives. Not because of money they received, but because of heart and generosity that they receive from people. You can do that. Number four, and this is a word before I give it to you that I'm telling you at my age now and where I'm at in stage of life, it's, it, I, I, it, this word is with me every morning that I wake up. Because it would be easy for me to start thinking about slowing down and tell me, trust me, I do. It would be easy for me to start thinking about, oh, wait a minute, somebody else can do this. And trust me, I sometimes want other people to do something. Do you, anybody relate to what I'm talking about? It would be easy. But this word has become really the thing that gets me up and gets me going and makes it happen for me. Because this is how you really live a life of legacy. And this is what I've discovered more than any of those others. It takes and it happens through urgency. It happens through urgency. Urgency allows you to realize that you are living in a special time at a special moment. And God designed it for you to be here right now in this place, and it's not by accident to hear these words so that you can begin to have urgency in your life. God wants you to have an urgency because we have a very real and special opportunity to make a difference in people's lives around us. And one thing I've realized over the years, because we've always said it, when you want to go on a diet or you want to get in the gym and get weight, get fit, you know, a little bit more fit or lose a little bit more weight, what do we usually say? Well, I'll do it tomorrow. Can I say something to you today that's a little humorous but very true? Tomorrow never comes. Never comes. I had an uncle that had a tackle shop way in South Carolina, grew up in South Carolina on a lake. And we'd go get tackle, and he'd 
give us some bait to go fishing. And he had a grill on the side of the tackle shop that made the best hamburgers in all the world, especially when you're only 12, 13 years old. You know, hamburgers that you bite into, they just run all the juice and grease runs down your arms. That's the hamburgers my uncle would make. He deep fried French fries and arteries are hardened as I'm talking. But he had a sign over the grill. Free hamburgers tomorrow. So you'd walk in tomorrow. <laughs> Free hamburgers tomorrow. <laughs> I think someone told me, it was Lance who told me last night that they do that at Joe's Crab Shack, if you're familiar with Joe's Crab Shack. Free crab tomorrow. So go in and demand some free crab, and they'll tell you tomorrow. <laughs> Why? Because tomorrow never comes. Listen, friends, if you want to be a person of legacy, you have to do it today. You have to do it today because today matters. We have to do it today because today matters. And see, what our culture is trying to surround us with is the message that everything matters but today. So go ahead, get what you want. You can pay for it tomorrow. Go ahead, do what you want. You just pay for it tomorrow, but you will pay for it, whatever the pay is. You have to do it today. We have to realize that this is our moment. This is our time, and today matters. Someone said that we have the tendency to over-exaggerate yesterday, but underestimate today. We have a tendency to over-exaggerate yesterday. Oh, if I could just live those high school years again. Oh, if I could just play that ball game again. Oh, we over-exaggerate. And then we exaggerate how good we were back then. Come on. We have a tendency to over-exaggerate yesterday, but underestimate today. Jesus had a conversation with his disciples when there was a person that needed to be healed, a blind man specifically, in John chapter 9, verse 4 in your notes. So we must quickly carry out, quickly, would you underline, circle that word? We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. Jesus said, the night is coming and then no one can work. The night is coming and no one can work. I, be, I feel that that's happening right now. It's coming very soon. We have to do it today. So the last thing on your notes I want you to write down. I wrote it like a prayer, and I want it to be your prayer today as we close. I want you to just write, today I will live as if this is the day that, we be, that will be remembered. Today I will live as if this is the day. And just pray that prayer. God, today I want to live that way. I don't want to put anything off that matters tomorrow. Tomorrow, listen, here's, here's the deal. I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. The Bible says that none of us in this room are promised tomorrow. None of us. Life is a mist. It's a vapor. It's here one moment, gone the next. You're not promised tomorrow. You have to live it today. Today, I will live as if this is the day that will be remembered. The words that come out of my mouth. The actions and the deeds that come out of my heart and out of my soul, today I will live that way. So as I pray, uh, those that are going to be baptized, and uh, Pastor Paul and Pastor Dwayne is going to come up. And as I pray, if you're going to be baptized today, if you just kind of come on up and be on the front row, and they'll be ready for you. And can't wait to do this. Baptism is always a special moment. It's, it's a legacy. <laughs> we're going to be we're going to witness legacy today here, folks. Legacy. In people's lives. So let me pray for you if you close your eyes and they'll get all that set up and then we'll have baptism.
Father, I, I just, I just want to thank you today for reminding us to live beyond ourselves. Lord, we live in a world that that's very difficult to do. We live in a world of right now. We live in a world of instant everything, instant gratification. And I just thank you for reminding us that today we, we need to see the world the way you see it, God. We can start that right now today. We can see others the way you see them. To continue, Lord, to make choices beyond our own personal convenience. To lay aside our own agendas and our own personal things. Help us to give ourselves and give beyond ourselves to help those in need. Show us the opportunities today to realize the moment that we have right now is huge in the history and that you've given us incredible opportunity to make a difference. Help each and every one of us, God, from young to old, realize that we are living a life of legacy. In Jesus' name, everyone said together out loud, come on. Amen. Amen.